This podcast is brought to you by our funders, Building Better Homes, Towns and Cities and Puranga Kura Māori Research Centre. E te tī, e te tā, nau mai piki mai ki tēnei i pāho ara ko he whare mō wai. episode features Pania Newton, who is a member of the research team. Pania and her whānau are well known for spearheading the occupation and reclamation of their whenua tūpuna in Ihumātau. She will be discussing how she bought back a piece of her ancestral land within her papakainga and is now designing and building affordable homes for her wider whānau. Tēnā are are taringa mai! Kia ora, I'm Hannah and your host today on He Whare Mōwai. Introducing our guest today is Panya Newton. She's also one of our hosts on our show. Today we are spotlighting on her mahi around papakanga housing. Kia ora Panya, koe. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, no, kia ora. Um, ko Panya Newton tohu ingwa. Uh, huri tēnei no uh, waikato whānui, uh, ngāpuhi me te rarawa. Uh, and uh, e noho ana au ki runga i tōku tūranga waiwai ki ihu mātau. Um, so, uh, yeah, my papa side are whakapapa to Waikato, and on my mum's side, we whakapapa to Te Taitokero. And for um, a lot of my life, I've lived here um, in ihu mātau, which is mm. my tūranga waiwai, um, the place where I feel I'm most connected to and... Um, the place where I feel a great sense of place and belonging. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Could you tell us a bit about your profession and what you do? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, obviously, a lot of my mahi is centred around uh, the reclamation of our whenua and yeah. ihumatau, and so I'm one of the maungai for um, the Protect Ihumatau Afano-led Indigenous campaign, uh, and that takes up a lot of my time. Uh, and on the side, I do a little bit of mahi doing research uh, for my iwi and for other projects like uh, He Whare Mōwai. Uh, and uh, yeah, do wanna, I do soon lots of mahi to support my iwi. Do you want to say about your passion projects? Yeah, so the projects that I'm leading at the moment is the housing strategy uh, for my iwi. And so through that mahi, uh, we've been developing a housing strategy for Tahiwaru. And through that mahi too, we've been able to engage with our whānau and uh, try to understand what our, our iwi's collective vision for housing is. All right. So, yeah. yeah. That's the project I'm helping on yeah. um, for my studio. I didn't realise that was one of your passion projects. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we love your work, Hannah. Thanks. <laughs> Okay, could you tell us a bit about what your current housing situation is? Yeah, so at the moment I live um, on our whenua or at the reclamation site in Ihumata. Uh, 
you know, hey, kaitiaki mote whenua, you know, just to keep a watchful eye on the whenua uh, and to maintain our ahika presence here until uh, the process around uh, what the future of the whenua will be. Uh, so I get to, yeah, live, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how to describe it actually, um, rent-free probably. Yeah, nice. on out uh, my my ancestral whenua, uh, but yeah, it comes with the conditions of having to do a lot of mahi. So <laughs> that's my current housing situation. But as well, uh, my tani and I just recently uh, purchased uh, some whenua back in our papakainga in Ihumato, mm-hmm. and so we have some aspirations around establishing a papakainga project on that whenua for our whanau. Yeah. So speaking about this papakainga project, could you tell us about how it came to be and how did you guys even establish this land? Yeah. The process that you had to go through? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Tao and I, you know Tao, um, we've been involved in uh, this Papakainga project since 2018. Uh, and what I mean by Papakainga project is that uh, we've we uh, got a few of our whānau heads together and talked about how we can support whānau into housing. Mm-hmm. And we applied for a grant to uh, Tipuni Kōkiri to support five Papakainga feasibility studies for mm-hmm. our whānau in Ihumātau. Tahiwaru uh, doesn't have a lot of, well, we don't have land to develop for housing. And so one of the most strategic and systematic ways that we thought we could support whānau into housing was to engage whānau who owned uh, whenua within our rohe interest area. Mm-hmm. And so we conducted five feasibility studies and uh, that was completed in 2020. So, yeah. 2020, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, following on from that project, we were able to support Fano into further grants, uh, and some of them have been successful in, um, you know, getting infrastructure grants for their yeah. papakainga to progress their aspirations, and um, we've kind of just been building on that mahi ever since. So uh, last year we were on behalf of our iwi um my a few my cousins and i applied for a hitopai a hitopua grant uh, to write a housing strategy for our iwi and to investigate um other ways that we could support whanau into housing and then this year we were successful again in getting another um funding support to continue to build on that mahi. So we're currently doing another five feasibility studies for our whanau in the Papakainga. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. hopefully one of uh, those feasibility studies will uh, look at or investigate um, what's viable for our Papakainga block. I was going to say, uh, one of the projects that you are working on with on Waipati Road, mm-hmm. how did you interact and engage with the the whānau that are there obviously you have um, a connection to them but like how do you navigate trying to get 
the the fun of intermoving along with the process and trying to work with other people and bring their vision to life like how was there any struggles or was there challenges oh wow yeah there are <laughs> many um you know high, highs and lows um but we try not to focus on the lows <laughs> um, but you know there's been some challenges in terms of uh you know, navigating, uh, you know, the banking systems, uh, you know, mortgages and uh, Māori Land Court, uh, Te Ture Whenua Act, uh, resource consents and building consents and, you know, uh, technical investigations that are required for feasibility studies. And so those were barriers for our whānau because, uh, a lot of us, you know, didn't understand the process, didn't understand a lot no. of the, what's required. Yeah, no, not at all. And you know, those a lot of those concepts are very like you know, we don't talk about at very high level. So mm. yeah, um, that was a barrier. Uh, so we had to um, you know do a lot of wānanga with whānau, yeah. um just to make sure that they were informed about what was happening. Another challenge probably was getting them to just dream you know which is something that they don't didn't um didn't necessarily you know do before we engage with them was like let's just dream and and let's just put it all out on the table like what is your your vision and your your dreams for your whanau and for your mokopuna and the future generations for um housing on your whenua you know mm-hmm. that alone like getting them to open their minds to what is possible Obviously, we, we had to stay within what was, you know, um, realistic for the projects. But mm-hmm. uh, you, we we take them to that level because um, it excites them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for for us, the sky's the limit. You know, we sh- we shouldn't uh, limit ourselves by you know, processes or, or financing and things things like that. Like, yes, those are barriers, but, you know, we we deserve uh, good things, like our, our whānau here especially mm-hmm. who have uh, lived and endured some of the most horrific colonial injustices. Mm-hmm. You know, our whānau of Ihumatau, like, deserve good housing. They deserve for their dreams to be realised because our whānau have sacrificed so much. Mm. So um, I'd say that was a challenge, but also that was my biggest highlight. And then obviously getting whānau into housing. You know, we we know too well through our own research, right? Māori are struggling to secure safe, adequate and affordable um, housing. Uh, and so, uh, you know, being able to support Fano and to, uh, you know, to realise their housing dreams was amazing. And then getting Fano into transitional housing or emergency housing, you know, just to, yeah. yeah. So that was part of the mahi that we, we did as well. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately, like, what made our engagement successful was, uh, you know, some of the values that drove our kaupapa, and those mm-hmm. were things around being tika, pono. Uh, you know, having, you know, valuing whanaungatanga, you know, uh, always ensuring that the the whanau we were engaging with were being supported 
if they needed to, by mm-hmm. someone with a, who was whānau in our housing team mm-hmm. to engage with those consultants or technical experts or, yes, or whatever. Yes. And that's Im- important. And um, always ensuring, too, that the whānau were the ones who would remain in the driver's seat. It was their kainga, it was their aspirations, and we were merely there just to support them yeah. and be a vehicle to progress their their papakainga aspirations. Mm. So out of your whole papakainga project, what would be your most key points in your learnings? you got to strike while the iron's hot and don't leave things lingering. Uh, yeah. And what I mean by that is uh, when um, you go through this process of realising your housing aspirations, uh, I feel like there's a, a – oh, I'm struggling to explain it, but – a, a timeline mm-hmm. in place. And I know that we have this concept around tari atewa or matewa, you know, things happen when they happen. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you go through the dreaming phase with Fano and then you leave it for too long, I think that's a, a yes. risk in itself and yeah. could, yeah, um, hinder the project. Uh, also some of the other uh, tips would be like to engage stakeholders, uh, you know, there's a lot of funders out there who are supporting papakainga at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, strike while the iron's hot. Uh, and, you know, the importance of hononga and, and connections in whanaungatanga, you know, connecting with whanau in the papakainga who have, like, plumbing and, and alloc, you know, nutrition skills and, mm. uh, you know, who might have a digger and can come out and do your drains or whatever, you know. So it's like putting that out as well and that's also supporting our marae or iwi procurement, social procurement, you know. So, yeah, yeah that's importance of honunga. It also gives them importance to realise that they can also help and they can put their stamp on that property and just be like, oh, I helped this whanau mm. and then look at where it is now. Absolutely. I'll say too, one of my biggest highlights in this kaupapa has been, uh, you know, supporting Fano to return back to the papakainga as well mm-hmm. because we know and value them, uh, you know, we value connection to our whenua and our marae and our Fano, and so that's something that excites me in this mahi that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool uh, job, I'd <laughs> say, yeah. Okay, what does um, your papakainga housing mean to you? Yeah, so that's interesting because huh? I've been working around papakainga projects and have visited a lot of papakainga around the motu mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, help inspire whānau who we're engaged with or supporting and to also, uh, you know, motivate me and my recent project. Mm-hmm. Uh so we're developing a papakainga on our whenua, as you know. And so now I've got, like, two different views of yeah. what papakainga actually means, you know, because I've had to look at it from this outward view, from a hapu iwi view um, in supporting our whānau. But with my own papakainga now, it's like I have to kind of narrow my view and look at it 
from yes. Mara Fano and So you're supporting others and now you get to, it's your turn to yeah. do it yourself yeah. and this is your vision. Yeah. So I think for me though, Papa Kainga is, and I might be a little bit biased here because we've just <laughs> finished drafting our iwi collective vision for housing. But for me, Papa Kainga means um, mana enhancing kainga uh, that is sustainable for future generations. Yes, yes. Yeah. So looking at it from, uh, looking at housing from a holistic point of view, mm. you know, I'm just so grateful and privileged actually to be able to establish a papakainga housing project in my papakainga mm-hmm. uh, on our whenua tupuna, um, on land that we just kind of fell into. <laughs> but, you know, it all goes back to that, you know, return of Māori land, you know, buy back Māori land, land back. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, really interesting, I, I I suppose. Do you have an idea on what that would look like, your own papakainga, the, on the precious land that you've got? Yeah, so interesting story how we fell into the project, Um I saw on Facebook there was an ad or a post that my cousin had put up on our Fano page mm. for the Papakainga and it was about the sale of one of the land blocks in mm-hmm. the Papakainga and we knew a little bit of the, the history, you know, the land ownership for that particular block um, and... Uh, we couldn't just stand seeing another piece of whenua, uh, you know, purchased by another developer or or someone who had little knowledge or connection to Ihumato. Mm-hmm. And for years before that, actually, uh, me and my sister and Tao yeah. and my sister's partner try have been trying to purchase whenua back in Ihumato so that we could support whānau to, uh, you know, live on that whenua mm-hmm. or to potentially purchase it when they could. Um, but we were unsuccessful like four or five times before we landed on on that block that we have now. Yeah. And so going back to the post, sorry, no, I went that way. <laughs> but uh, when I saw the post, yeah, I couldn't stand seeing the, you know, the thought of having somebody else from outside the Papakainga purchase the whenua. And because it was opposite, it is opposite the marae. And so yeah. I'm like, that's really significant. I knew that there was um, approval for uh, resource consent to establish five houses on that venue. Okay. So I initially, I saw the auction date and initially I thought, look, I want to go and, and support Vano who might be interested, who might be putting a bid on, or I'm going to try and prevent the sale from happening at the auction. So I texted around to my cousins and I was like, who's interested in coming? All of them were too busy. It was like a yeah. Tuesday morning. And one of my cousins was in Tauranga and she was watching from Zoom, the online auctions. And I was like, stuff it. Okay, no one's going to come. I'll go myself. I packed up my car with flags and I turned up at the auction in Highbrook. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I walked in and I said, Look, I'm here in regards to the property at Eighty. I don't want it to, yeah. you know, mm. voicing my concerns. And they're like, sorry, you you can't go into the room unless 
Yeah, so sorry, I was at the reception, but I wasn't allowed into the auction room without having to register. And I was like, okay. Oh, okay. So I registered and then I went into the room with my flag <laughs> on my lonesome and the property came up for auction and no one bid it on it. And I was just shocked. I was like, well, look, who? I can't protest events, nothing. Yeah. But I was like, you know, and then I knew that if the funeral was to go, potentially it could be sold outside of auction mm -hmm. so I talked to the um, agent and I said look how can I secure that and he said oh, I'll talk to the owner and we'll see what we can do so we negotiated bringing the uh, deposit down uh, to 5% okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and we negotiated a, a lengthy settlement date mm -hmm. so that I could try and find a way to buy the block. And so 5% um, of the budget, of the deposit, sorry, yeah. was, a, a, you know, it, it was hefty, but it was manageable. And so I called around to my siblings and I asked them if they would, you know, uh, use some of our savings. We have a whānau savings account. Mm -hmm. And I asked them if we could use that putia to put on uh, to use as a deposit uh, for the house and they agreed and I said oh sweet you know we can do this together we can build a really great papakainga and then um, yeah we walked out there and, and we had you know signed our names on the dotted line and yeah we became landowners that's such a long process yeah. and a quite intimidating one to have to go in there by yourself. Yeah, we always laugh at the story. <laughs> but it, it was very stressful yeah. following that. But, you know, I look back and have no regrets because that whenua is in iwi hands. Yes, yeah. yes. And although it has um, building consent for five houses, our aspiration is to just build three kainga on there mm -hmm. because we know we can build those three kainga, a fit for whānau, but also in a way that would fit the character and the essence of our papa kainga. Yeah. So yeah. you have full control over how it's built and what are your values for this property and how people are even going to be using the spaces. Yeah. And, and it's how cool. many people, yeah. really. It's cool because our iwi get to engage in it as well and our yeah. whānau from the papakainga will get to feed into it and as well as they are already feeding into the housing strategy which will you know, ultimately guide the papakainga projects that we're working on mm -hmm. at the moment. So how did you feel the day after when you purchased it? <laughs> Man, like, yeah, just full of adrenaline. Yeah. But, like, just stoked. I was like, you know, you know occupying whenua. Uh, currently and at the mm -hmm. time and then next minute I was a landowner for the very first time so yeah well, I would say it was quite liberating yeah. stressful but liberating you know to to secure whenua and your your name you know that's not our ideal situation you know we would I would be more inclined for you know our whenua to be an iwi hapu hands but um, that's just not the case uh, so, but yeah, it is what it is and it's better than what it might have or could have potentially been. Yeah, I'm really proud, you know, of our whānau and, and for Tao yeah. to support me in that mahi as well because yeah. as you can imagine, he was 
very frustrated and stressed when I caught yeah. him from the <laughs> auction asking for um, permission to use our savings and then for me to approach my siblings to use Alfano savings and, you know, he on the day thing. on the day like on five minutes day. yeah we were in negotiations over the oh the settlement God. price <laughs> and so i had him on the phone a flag in another hand the yeah. agent in my ear and then these all these agents from like barfoot and thompson at the back of me saying you could do this, you could do this. <laughs> and, you know, and i was just like well bring the price down it's too high but yeah um when i look back yeah, that you know, some would say that we we did pay like a ridiculous price for it, but you know, and I wouldn't put a price on the feeling of um, you know having Fenua returned mm-hmm. back or purchasing and back. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, and we shouldn't have to do it, but like these are some of the concessions that we have to make for the bigger picture, you know, around re- reclamation totally. of our Fenua. Yeah, and you know enhancing our opportunities to exercise our mana motuhaki and our rangatiratanga mm. because for me you can only truly do that in its purest form when you're on your turanga waiwai and this is our opportunity now to do that for you know, our tamariki and my mokopuna and mm. mokomoko mokos in the future. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, so... Do you have any visions for rangatahi for housing? Yeah. Uh, well, you're a great example. Uh, you're also no, no, no. young for rangatahi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing amazing things, purchasing land. Mm, I'm really lucky to be able to do that. I think for me, my vision for rangatahi is just to, you know, pursue uh, your aspirations for housing in a, and if you are uh, amazing but I, yeah I don't know I, I struggle with this question but you know I think uh, we we need to support rangatahi into safe secure and affordable housing mm. that supports uh, their well-being and is sustainable yeah. You know, from a, a environmental perspective as well as a financial and and spiritual and, mm. and cultural perspective as well. So, yeah, that's probably my my tip for Rangatahi is just to go for your dreams and 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 do it in a a, a way that is sustainable. Yeah, mm. totally. So that was a lot. Thank you for sharing. I quite learned a lot. <laughs> by what you've said and your experiences and just your, I don't want to say your everyday things, but you do a lot every day. Diavo <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So if there's nothing else you'd like to add, could you please show us your whenua? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Just a disclaimer from us, we are no housing experts. However, we are passionate about supporting rangatahi to secure safe, adequate and healthy homes.